example, you know, what did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? I, matey. Anyway, so the point is that sometimes dads always tell these bad jokes. You're still thinking about it, you might get it. But as we go through dads, we're going to look at certain things about a dad. And from the biblical perspective, first of all, as we think about father. A father is to be a friend. And if you, turn, if you would, turn, if you would, to John 15, 13. John 15, 13. Maybe you haven't memorized. It is a good thing. But a friend is a person who, whom one knows well, an intimate associate, close acquaintance, companion. A lot of men, a lot of fathers don't have a lot of friends. Some do. But the close, intimate, they don't. Because oftentimes it requires vulnerability or you know, sharing. And men don't do that very often. But to have a friend. And it's important. And in John 15, 13... If we look at that, it says and states here, Greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, many men would instantly take a bullet or take a, um, a sacrifice for their wife, for their children. I was in the operating room one time talking to a plastic surgeon. He asked me, what if, you know, hypothetical situation, what if you're there and, you know, there was a criminal, and he says, okay, one of your children... I ha you're going to have to um, sacrifice. Which one would you choose? It's like, how can you answer one of those questions? And God doesn't want us to answer those questions, but it's one of those questions where they're trying to think of as a dad. You know, who do you choose? Okay, ch let's see, which child was misbehaving today? You know, I'll pick that one. You know, children better behave, right? No, that's not how a dad thinks about it. You know, and, and children doesn't even understand, well, do you love me more than my sibling, my sister, my brother? It's not about a matter of, of loving one more than the other. They love you as much as they can. And, and um, it's always. There is no like 50%, 70%. Sometimes they respond in different ways, but it doesn't mean that they stop loving you. And a friend, it's important to understand that a friend, a father is to be a friend to his family, the wife's best friend and the child's playmate. Some fathers have never learned how to be friends with other men. You know, sometimes they do activities together, but they don't necessarily understand that intimacy. And it's a difficult concept because most men don't share their feelings. That's the difference between men and women. There is a difference. Women will share about things and how they are. You know, men, how do you feel? Tired, you know, or hungry. There's a, there's a limited sharing there. But as a father, it's important for them to have that relational aspect with their children, with others, and even Proverbs 18.24, if you want to go to Proverbs 18.24. We're going to go through to a different, few different passages, and Proverbs 18.24, and actually I have that in a Holman Christian here. I'm just going to read it in a little different version, just so that you understand. It says, a man with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer than a brother. That's how it's kind of translated in that, some of those proverbs. What does that mean? A man with many friends may be harmed, but there's a friend who stick closer to a bro than a brother. There are some times where you will be around with friends and others that, guess what, they're all going to scatter. But who is a genuine friend? You may say that you have lots of friends, associates, but who is a true friend? 
And Jesus Christ, as we look at the picture, Jesus Christ is a true friend, willing to lay down his life. And God the Father sent his son Jesus Christ to come to die on the cross to forgive our sins. To purchase a place in heaven which he offers as a free gift. A true friend is trustworthy, caring, and present during good and bad times. And to understand a friend, when a father learns friendship from Jesus, then he can be a better friend to others. See, a home without a father is a lonely place. You know, a father is a friend and companion. Maybe you grew up with a father who is just always mean all the time. And that's sometimes sad, angry, or just distant because they've, they've lost that concept of what a friend is. A provider, but also understanding to have that relationship with his children, to get to know them. And so oftentimes they're working or distracted when they're younger. They don't know how to relate, but as they learn about their children. And God the Father knows each one of us. And as a friend, what it means to be a friend, to spend time with them. And to be a better friend, a friend and a companion to other fathers, to learning how to help other fathers. Because just because you have many children doesn't make you a better father, but you are more experienced in things. Like even as we saw in the video, changing diapers. You know, there's some who would never change the diapers who would do that. But it's a, even a lesson in humility and the things that you have to do. Wake up. You know, father cleaning up vomit off the wall at two in the morning. You know, or they're the one who has to look for this. But, but what it means to be a friend is a friend is going to be there at some of the games and be present. They won't be able to be at everything their children does. And sometimes that's hard for a father. But he helps develop the skills and teaches other fathers and helps them be accountable because you share experiences. There were uh, four men who were in the hospital waiting room in Minneapolis, and because their wives were having um, babies. The youngest man was preparing to be a father for the first time, and was a little nervous, and he's being counseled by the other three. And so he is extremely anxious and is pacing back and forth. And I forgot to turn on my mic, so hopefully, are you picking it up off of the, did you switch it over? Okay, thanks, sorry, I'll just take it off. Forget to turn it on. Hear me, I won't, I won't walk around. But what happens is he's in the, he is in the waiting room being counseled by the other three. He's anxious. He's pacing back and forth. And he's nervous. And they tell him not to worry that he'll be a great dad. And being a dad is a great privilege. And growing up in Minneapolis, you know, that's a great place to raise a family. And after a few minutes, the nurse comes out and says to the first guy, Congratulations, you're the father of twins, two boys. And he says, That's great. You know, I work for the Minnesota Twins. And so he passes out ball caps to the different uh, men. And then about... 20 minutes later, the nurse returns to the second guy and says, congratulations, you're the father of triplets. The guy goes, what a coincidence. I work for 3M Corporation. Wait till the guys at work hear this. Five minutes later, the nurse excitedly returns and says, congratulations, you know, you're the father of quadruplets. This hasn't happened in a while. And flabbergasted, he exclaims, I can't believe it. And you won't either, but I work for the Four Seasons Hotel. Immediately, the nurse and man look over, and the, and the fourth young father is passed out cold on the floor. So they rush over and carefully make sure he didn't hit his head. And so they're waving the smelling salts, and they hear him mouthing, I should have never taken the job at 7-Eleven. <laughs> but as we think about spending time with others and men, and while we laugh at that, it's important that we understand that there are things that we learn as a father and learn how to be a friend. Because sometimes we just repeat the mistakes or repeat the characteristics that our father showed us. Maybe you had a distant dad and they didn't know how to be a father. 
they didn't necessarily know how to relate to you as a child. Because there are dads who don't know how to do that. But it's okay to be friends with your child. But remember that you're still a parent. There are some dads who are only the child's friends. Hey, let's go do things. You know, we're friends. But you have to remember that you're a parent. So that, that you aren't, the role that you've been given isn't just friends. But that is an important characteristic. And our Heavenly Father, as our best friend, He is the one who loves at all times and a Father who is born for adversity. Hebrews 13.5, if you turn there. Hebrews 13.5. says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is a promise to all believers. Never leave you nor forsake you. And there are some dads who, who never lived up to the responsibility that they had. They've left the home. They couldn't deal with children. They couldn't deal with the crime. But our Heavenly Father will never leave us nor forsake us. And it's a model for us to remember when times are tough, when things are difficult. Because when you're trying to pay the bills, when you're trying to do things, when you know, you're trying to be there and help the kids, a heavenly father is going to be there. And as things occur, and even discussing with other men, iron sharpens iron. Proverbs 17.7 um, says, A friend loveth at all times and a brother for adversity. And then 27 17 is that iron sharpens iron and you know what there's going to be some things that hurt and and understanding friends a true friend as a father is going to if he has other friends they're going to tell him things that don't always aren't always what he wants to hear but he's going to need to hear it and as a friend as a father friend is going to tell children sometimes things that they don't want to hear guess what you're going to have to do things that you don't want to well i don't want to but a true friend is going to tell those hard things. And so remember, a father is a friend. But also, a father is an authority. A is for authority. The power or right to give commands, enforce obedience, take actions, or make final decisions. While having their evening dinner together, a little girl looked up at her, at her father and said, Daddy, you're the boss of our family, right? And the father was very pleased to hear it confidently replied, yes, my little princess. Then the girl continued, that's because mommy put you in charge, right? Sometimes that's how it is. And, uh, you know, it's not wrong to run the, run the house, but uh, for leadership and to guide the home. God established, back in Genesis, the head of the home. But it doesn't mean that the, male makes all, the father makes all the decisions because that would be unbalanced. But when a father is leading under the authority of God the Father. There is great benefit there. And even Jesus Christ, as we look at, look at Matthew 28, 18. We know often 19 and 20 has a great commission, but go to Matthew 28, 18. As we think about authority from the, from the Father, God the Father, 28, 18 give you context in verse 16 it says when the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them when they saw him they worshiped him but some doubted 
Interesting. They, he had risen from the dead. They saw him and they knew it, but they still doubted. But then Jesus says to them and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then he gives that great commandment. That authority that is given from God the Father as he was on earth. And there was certain characteristics that come with authority, responsibilities. And, but that is given to him, and so he had that. And Mark 1, 22 and 27. Next book over, Mark 1, 22 and 27. It's almost like just a couple pages. As we look at that, it says, starting in verse 21, it says, They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teachings, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. See, the scribes were very learned. They knew the scriptures, they knew the word, and they taught contents. But here Jesus teaches with authority because being God. And in 27, as it states and says, They were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, Who is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. When a father understands that his mandate, if you will, is from God the Father, and he follows the biblical precepts and laws, the authority is not his alone, but it's from our Heavenly Father to lead and to live. And there's great blessing in that, but it also it helps him positionally to understand that God the Father has given him this authority to help and to lead. A father is a parent, the head of the house. They're looked upon as the leader and disciplinarian. And when he's filling that role correctly, there's stability and peace in the home. doesn't mean that the role of father is about having control. Sometimes people mix the concept of authority with control. We should never make the decision exclusively. A father shouldn't make the decisions exclusively or separately from the influence of his wife and children. It requires understanding biblical and spiritual authority. A father must submit to the Bible, biblical authority, and learn how to exhibit godly spiritual authority. And as we understand a father who is growing in his relationship with Jesus Christ, reading the Bible, praying, and serving in a local church, what a difference that makes to his wife and children. Children especially understand authority when it comes to being punished because oftentimes we think of the authority. Or maybe it's the police and as adults. We think of police or those in authority over us. Those who make the laws. They have the final authority. They set the rules. But as our Heavenly Father is the supreme authority, Jesus taught with that. And that word authority means the power of rule or government. Because of who he is, he was given that authority. And he established these laws by which we should live because he created us. It not only includes the Ten Commandments. When we think about God's law, we think about the Ten Commandments, but it's more than that. It applies to every aspect of our lives, the biblical laws and precepts that help us find peace and contentment and even blessing if we obey them. Those fathers, wives, and children who have accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and live under the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, there's great blessing because you can have true peace in your life. First of all, peace of knowing that if you were to die today, you know for sure that you go to heaven. Secondly, you can have peace amidst uncertain circumstances. We talked about Paul's shipwreck in Acts 27 and understanding what would we be like? 
Well, sometimes we need encouragement. We need um, a, a guide to help us when we don't know what to do. And living under the authority of another helps us to be able to live for him. And the father who has, who has the right of authority needs not only to love in caring actions, but love in disciplining his children. I was telling some mothers, did you know that discipline is a form of love? Children aren't thinking that when they're being punished. And children, don't remember, your parents were children as well, and they probably did a lot of bad things. And when they say that this hurts me more than it hurts you, and you're thinking, no, it doesn't, you know, corporal punishment or any type of punishment, but punishment is an act of love, and if they didn't punish you, it, there would be no love. Because correction and correct punishment. Look at Hebrews 12, 5, and 6. Going back to Hebrews. And Hebrews is a, a great book because it talks about the superiority of Christ. But Hebrews 12, 5, and 6. It says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when, he, when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. We don't use that word scourge. But to understand that there is punishment, there is correction. Some punishments are because you did something wrong. We do bad things. Adults do bad things. But there is punishment. And some punishments come later. But there's also correction. Did you know that you can not do something wrong intentionally and still get corrected? And there are negative impacts in that. And you didn't mean to. For example, suppose you're in a different state and you break one of the traffic laws. There are some states where you can't turn left. You have to kind of turn right and they have this uh, almost like a turnabout. They're trying to create these uh, traffic circles because they say they're safer because of the speed. Well, suppose you do something wrong Guess what? You didn't know. You were ignorant of the loss, but you're still going to be receive a punishment or a correction, and it might be costly, but it'll help you to understand, and you probably won't do that again. But it is a part of understanding that there is an authority over your life. You can't just live your life separate from any authority. And when we understand that God, our Heavenly Father, is our authority, it helps fathers to live right. It helps children to live right. It helps each one of us, that authority. But also, T. T is for teacher. One who shows or helps another to learn how to do something. A father is a teacher. This is sometimes a fun thing. This is sometimes a hard thing. How many fathers have ever worked on a project or maybe a father helped you? You can raise your hand if, if you either helped someone on a project or maybe your father helped you on maybe a school project okay you know and that's when you get all the tools out you know kind of fun and sometimes there weren't tools I know these guys who who were like NASA engineers and they would they would build some of these things it's like there is no child who worked on that at all it's like the child moved over and the dad took over because all right this is fun that's what happens but working on that teaching but teaching is not just building or involved in that there's other things that how fathers teach. It's one who shows or helps another to learn how to do something. Two hydrogen atoms walk into a coffee shop. One says, I think I've lost an electron. The other says, are you sure? The first replies, I'm positive. 
you know a little bit about chemistry, it's kind of funny, but, or even. But a father spends many hours teaching his children, whether it's how to tie shoes, how to ride a bicycle, swing a baseball bat, learn to dive, change the oil, parallel park, whom they should or shouldn't date. The father teaches a child many things. Let me just give you a few things. I was looking online and looking for some things that, um, there are a multitude of things that dads teach their kids, but here's some that they listed. Always dress for the weather. Be the friend people can lean on. Everything you say or do has a consequence. Be prepared. Don't get robbed. There's a difference between need and want. Hope for the best, but prepare for the... If you don't ask, you won't get it. Respect is not always given, but earned. Dress for the job you want. Happiness is a choice. Hard work is superior to talent and intelligence alone. Remember people's names. Do hard things. It takes so little to be above average. Surround yourself with people who are different from you. There are different things that parents teach us, or fathers teach us, maybe intentionally or unintentionally. Look at John 3, 2. If we think about John, we have the story of Nicodemus. And he was learned. And he comes to Jesus, who he recognized knew more than him. And he calls him teacher. John chapter 3, and I'll start in verse 1. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he was in a position of leadership, and he was a teacher himself. And the Pharisees, even as we understand about Paul, who was a Pharisee. But this man came to Jesus by night. And he came by night, part of it because he didn't want others to know. But he comes to Jesus and says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. Even he understood the teacher. And that he wanted to learn from them. And it's important that, you know, as a teacher. If I were to ask you, um, a teacher in school and just and I get, tell you what, I'll get some feedback what was the name of a teacher your favorite teacher in school what was the name of one of your favorite teachers in school go okay mrs. bird bird the bird yeah mr. Ramsey mrs. Cruz Okay, four of you went to school. Some of the others didn't go. Maybe it was your teacher. Yeah. Okay. As you think about it, now let me ask you this. Why were they your favorite teacher? Why, why is someone your favorite teacher? Really nice. What's that? Made teaching fun or learning. Yeah. Taught things that you enjoy. Recess and lunch, right? That's why every... There you go. But as we, go ahead. There you go, yes, in, in, in that tutoring. Sometimes teachers, they impact us because they spend time above and beyond to make us not only feel special, but to help us out. And that's why we remember them, teachers. And sometimes as a father, as we think about a father, they were accessible. They, we, they were willing to help us when we needed help or even listen or to do something simple that we remember. And God, our Heavenly Father, as a teacher, understands that he's always there and accessible. 
But Jesus, as he gives time to this one individual, Nicodemus, and Nicodemus has questions, and he's asking about spiritual life. The term being born again is a biblical term because he doesn't understand it. Okay, how is one born again? He understood biologically, you know, that, guess what? A baby is born. But how, and he asked, I don't understand being born again. Do I have to go up into the uh, uterus, use the mother's worm, and be born again? How does that happen? But Jesus explains to him, it's not the physical birth, it's the spiritual birth. Having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Which is different because we don't talk about spiritual. It's a concept we can't see. But God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But you can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And he died on the cross. And, he, and that is part of teaching. And a father even teaches us about good habits, but not always good habits, some bad habits. How a father communicates with the children's mother can convey good or bad characteristics. When a father yells or is overacting, getting drunk, violence, pornography, disengaging, how a father behaves in his free time can teach the children what is most important in his life. It's not only words of instruction, but also actions. And so pray for fathers. And fathers, I would encourage you to pray as well because it's difficult being a father. And as we understand what it means to, to live for Christ, so our Heavenly Father teaches us all we need. If you think about what God teaches each one of us as a Heavenly Father, He teaches us the beauty of creation. He teaches us design by looking at all around us. And even those who did not recognize Him as God, as we see here with Nicodemus, recognized that He was a teacher and came from God. He taught the twelve apostles, the Jewish leaders, families. He taught them how to live, who He was and what the future would bring. And he sent the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us and to help us to understand spiritual things. Well, there are concepts that are very foreign to us. The Trinity. You know, people say, oh yeah, the Trinity is like an egg or ice. Well, the Trinity is not like any of those. It's hard. It's a concept that we don't understand, but it doesn't mean that's not true. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're distinct. God the Father is not God the Son. God the Son is not God the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is not God the Father. But yet, God the Father is God. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is God. And God the Son is God. Each one is God, three in one. And that's just the concept that is given. That's all the information that's given to us. While we don't completely understand it, it's all, um, it doesn't mean that it's not true. And someday, maybe that will be revealed to us to understand that God had three in one. Three persons. So as we look at that, but only one God. So he teaches us about doctrine. And he helps us understand who he is. How to love God. How to have a personal relationship with him. Because when we think about our relationship with God, it's not like our relationship with other people. You know, what do we do when a person annoys us? You say you're in a, in, a, in a group and there's a person who always talks and, you know, annoys you. What do you do? How do you get rid of them? You walk away, you know, hey, wait a second, someone's calling me, you know, i got to take this call. There's different things that we've patterned, we try to get away from people. And so we, we learn this, and sometimes we ignore, in relationships, we learn how to deal with difficult people, how, we, how to deal with fun people, how to deal with easy people. Some people waste their time. But our Heavenly Father, the relationship with God, He's always there. 
And we're the one who is the annoying person. We're the one who needs help. But yet God, he still listens. And that's not an easy concept. But he gives us that instruction. And a father can teach the children how to live like Christ. A loving father can provide great joy to a, a family. And not simply by telling dad jokes. But also a father is a hero. As we move on, he is a hero. A man of great strength and courage. Any man admired for his courage, nobility, and exploits. This is like the fun role of a hero. And as we think about John 3.16, you know, what did John 3.16, what does that say? You know, if you know it, most of us learned it in, in the King James. But for God so loved the world, you can say it together, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He died on the cross. He didn't have to. But God the Father sent his son to do this. See, and then we have the picture of a hero, being a great dad. You know, being a great father is like shaving. No matter how good you shave today, you have to do it again tomorrow. And the dad wisdom is like, it says, I didn't like my beard at first, but then it grew on me. <laughs> it doesn't mean that he is not afraid. Being a hero means, doesn't mean that you're not afraid. You know, I could have shown some videos of men who are trying to get the big spider down or the snakes, you know. There's some who are afraid, deathly afraid of insects. Like they run screaming, like you would wonder, who is that? It doesn't mean that the father isn't afraid, but it means that he's willing to make some hard decisions, hard choices. Being a hero requires true love, which is selfishness at all times. And that's not an easy task. When a man arrives home from work tired and distracted, sometimes they have to change those diapers, wash dishes, help care for the children. It requires doing actions that don't always seem manly or superhero if I can use that term. When a father teaches their children to honor God and live for him, he is a hero. A man who gets on his knees and humbly prays, knowing that the strength lies in God the Father, he is a hero. Many children wish to be like their dads because he's their hero in many ways. He can amaze his children, display great feats of strength or tricks or, or uh, um, just help them in many different ways. But what's important to remember that the father is not the ultimate source of strength. Well, he's a protector, guide, and strength. When a dad trusts and depends upon the Lord God, he can be that hero because God the Father, he's the one who can help the Father defeat giants. And the verse says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It is referring to he can do all things that God has planned or ordained for him or for you. See, our Heavenly Father is our superhero. If dads are a hero, our Heavenly Father is our superhero. He did for us what no other person could do. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. We talked about at Easter, and understanding that he was the death, the burial, the resurrection. First of all, he humbled himself to come to earth. It talks about in Philippians 2. Be willing to humble himself to come to earth. And then to die for people who didn't care about him. They spit in his face. And then to, he had the power to raise again and provide the gift of eternal life. And purchase a place in heaven and he offers it as a free gift. God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is all-everywhere. He's eternal. He is holy and just. He is that superhero. But guess what? He doesn't have kryptonite. If anything, what happens is that separation 
from him is from us. That sin. But if we didn't know our weaknesses, if we didn't know sin, then we wouldn't be able to know one who is greater than our sin. So he's permitted that. But he is our hero and we can look to him. And he's one who can, our advocate, who can help us in those difficult times. E is for encourager. To give encourage, hope, or confidence to. There's a small boy at the zoo with his father. They were looking at the tigers. Anybody like tigers? I think Bengal tigers are cool. You've never seen one. They're really big. You know, you see lions, but tigers can be huge. And this father was telling him how ferocious these tigers are and the size of them. And then the little boy turns to his dad and says, Daddy, if the tigers got out and ate you up, yes, son, the father asked, ready to console him, how would I get home? Sometimes the perspective of a child just wasn't the answer that he was looking for. But a father is one who encourages, loves to be a fan. They live through their children, sometimes too much. All the dreams that they wanted to accomplish but couldn't, sometimes they live through their children. They have hopes and dreams for their kids. They wish a better life for their child, childhood than they had. And they must not live vicariously through their children, trying to accomplish all that they could not at their age. Because sometimes when they fail, when they, and they will fail, and children, you will fail. You'll fall. And that's okay. And hopefully, you know, the father and mother will be there to pick them up, to encourage them, to love them. When their hearts are broken by their first love or crush, fathers can remind them that God has greater plans for them. The words that our father gives to them is powerful. So E is for encouraging. So go to the next slide. And we see that the words that they give is powerful. A father must learn to say, I'm sorry. Ask for forgiveness. Encourage their children to seek forgiveness and learn how to confess their sins. Encouragement. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. As we look at that, just our Heavenly Father is our encourager. But Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. I would say if you open the middle of your Bible, you either get to Psalms or, Pro, or um, Isaiah, depending on how many helps you have, usually. But Isaiah 28. Isaiah 20, excuse me, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Isaiah 40, 28 to 31, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? Faints means that because he's weak. He's weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths who faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Let's not take it out of context. Some of us are older, and guess what? That doesn't mean that you'll be able to run faster than the younger ones. Energy-wise, you'll probably never be able to keep up with some of the younger ones. But what it does mean is that God can help those. And wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as e like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Someday these physical bodies, they continue to deteriorate. But someday we will have a new body without weakness, in the likeness of Christ, partake in the new nature. And that is something different. We won't become a God 
We won't even become God. But what it means in the divine nature, we will have new bodies. And he will impart into us knowledge and understanding. And we will be able to live a new body that Jesus Christ had a prototype of the first kind. And to be able to have that strength. But be encouraged because even in, in Philippians 3.12, as it talks about, to press on toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. We have a goal. We are moving forward in your spiritual lives to continue to become more like Christ. Children sometimes say, well, I want to be like my mom or like my dad. Hopefully the father says, I want to be like Christ. Encourage your children to be like Christ because sometimes we worry. I mean, we look at our economy. We look at our society and it's like, oh, man, don't go get a liberal arts degree, children. That's not even wise in the first place. But understanding, encourage them to whatever, wherever path you pursue, however much time we have on this earth, encourage you to follow after Christ. Consider what he wants for your life because you could be in that position, but you won't be happy. You won't find contentment. And only when we have peace with God can we find true contentment. And Hebrews 10, 23, 25 talks about, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, the encouragement, the fellowship of being with one another. In some ways, humanly speaking, we need fellowship. We need one another. And there's great encouragement in that. And God, our Heavenly Father, understands that. It's not only just to lift each other up, to help one another. While we are all different, we are made in the image of God. And together, as we move forward, we can please God. Do you know that each of us can please and honor God? That's a blessing. I don't know if you've ever grown up in a home where sometimes you wonder, I can't ever please your parent. You're still trying, especially men, trying to please their dad. A little bit of, um, of transparency. Riley, I'm pretty hard on him. He's the firstborn. And sometimes he probably thinks that he can never please me. But, you know, I love him. And I appreciate the fact that he is obedient and he's really um, will follow after things. But I don't tell him enough to encourage him. And that's what God the Father continues to encourage us to follow after Christ. What happens is we often set these standards. And sometimes the standards are so high for our children. But we need to understand that, guess what? Understand where your child is at and help them um, achieve the maximum potential. And that's our desire. And as believers, did you know that you have a maximum potential? But some of you are are like a gas tank. You're running it on a quart of a tank. And God wants you to fill up, to understand, submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and allow him to use you. But you're thinking, well, guess what? I got a quart of a tank. I can make it. No problem. Maybe you're one of those who, as a young person, ran out of gas, or so you keep it a quart of a tank. It's bad for your fuel pump. Understand that. But to follow after Christ, an encouragement is to fulfill the purpose that God has for you. You may not understand what that is. Keep submitting. Keep praying to God. Because when you fulfill and have true purpose in your life, there is joy and contentment in that. And the last thing we look at is to be responsible. Responsibility to have the expectations or obligations of giving account for something involves accountability, dependability, obligation, duties. A father is speaking to his teenage son. The dad says, you'll never amount to anything because you procure procrastinate the son says oh yeah you just wait <laughs> isn't that so true procrastination that makes me very anxious I'm one of those type of persons who 
I don't like to always wait to the last minute. And when others around me wait to the last minute, it's like, oh no, you know, and my children, it'll, it'll, you know. <laughs> but it teaches us patience as well. It teaches us trust. It teaches us, you know, other characteristics. But responsibility. A father holds great responsibility to his family. He is a spiritual guide and leader. A home with a father gives the children a greater chance of succeeding in their lives and providing a happy home. You know, he is often but not always the main income for the family. As a male, he's often viewed as, as a provider for the wife and the children. And he's often responsible for the finances, the safety, the future of the family. When a noise occurs at 2 a.m., it's usually the father going out to check what it is. Sometimes it's not. You know, if the toilet gets clogged by a child's toy, who has to fix it? You know, and there's some military, <laughs> I heard some mom, sometimes the military, you know, in the family, there it is a mom. You know, appliance breaks. There's some who, who does that. Who will check it out? Hopefully he's wise enough to know his own capabilities and limitations. It doesn't mean that he just ignores it. Yep, I can't do anything. But he takes responsibility and fixes it. Maybe he says, guess what? You know, the wife knows more about that to fix it than I do. But it doesn't mean he says, okay, you take care of it. I'm going back to bed. You know, being responsible. And there's a weight. There's a tension that uh, the responsibility has that creates when a father, you know, has that responsibility and just ignores that. It's hard because there's so many people who are demanding of his time. And usually what they do is they keep it in. There's some who respond in different ways in violence. That's why young people, they break, um, you know, smash things or crush things or try to, you know, get it out that way. You know, they always talk about kicking the dog or hurting animals. It's got this, what they try to do is express it that way. They don't deal with that um, pressure and tension well. But a man who, who needs to learn how to pray. And so that's why going to R, responsible, you know, the responsible, a father who is responsible and understands the responsible doesn't just weigh with him. So Riley, advance that slide to be responsible. Be responsible up there, advance the slide to the next one, Riley. Are you awake? Understanding. And here he wants us to share. Our, he bears a weight of responsibility and, place and faces pressure from many directions. The demands of work, the demands of family, society places upon him the expectations of a man and a father. So I'd encourage you to pray for your dad. Pray for a father. And fathers need to pray to their heavenly father and to understand that while there's a great weight of responsibility, the greater weight of responsibility is upon our heavenly father. He wants us to share our burdens with him. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you and to understand that each of those who have called upon Jesus Christ as Savior are called children of God and he cares for us as it says in Psalms 27 10 and this signifies that we are set apart for him but Romans 8 37 38 understand that nothing can separate us from the love heights principalities powers things present things to come we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And so as we understand as children of God, we will always be his child. And the responsibility as he has to correct us, to love us, to guide us, there's no sin so great that we can't be forgiven of it. 
But what it does mean also, it bears a, a weight of responsibility. We learn responsibility from God our Heavenly Father, from our Father. How to live. How to live as a child of God. You know, children here, each of you have a mark of your Father on you. Not only just in looks, and I'm sorry for some of you, some of us, because, you know, as we bear the looks of our Father. The mother is always a prettier one, right? The looks. But understand is that you also bear the last name. You know, and so that even honoring that. And in the same way, each Christian bears the mark, the name of Christ as a Christian. You are a little Christ and the responsibility to live for him. And although this morning you might not be a father, it is important that you recognize that if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have a heavenly father. Go to the next slide. Jesus said, I and my father are one. If you don't know that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven, I would encourage you. You can enter into a relationship with the Heavenly Father. If you were to stand before God and he said, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? If you don't know that, understand, God desires that you have a relationship with him on a personal level. And you can do that. It requires that we simply, first of all, admit that we're a sinner and ask forgiveness. Confess our sins. And then pray, believe that he died on the cross, that he rose again to pay the penalty for our sins. And then ask him to come into our life and give us the gift of eternal life. If you know the Son, John 10.30 says, you know the Father. I and my Father are one. Do you know the Heavenly Father today? Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. And Lord, as we think about Father's Day, we thank you for providing fathers. It's a limited picture of who you are. But when a father lives in such a way that honors you, it helps us to a greater degree understand who you are, God the Father. But maybe there's some here who have never seen what a true picture of a father looks like. Maybe they were in an abusive home. Maybe the father was just simply always violent. Or maybe the father wasn't even present. Lord, I would encourage that individual to understand that God the Father doesn't mean that they are forsaken. Even starting today, they can learn about what it means to have a true Father. God the Father. And even as we think about the word Abba, it's not a formal Father. It's one who we can call Daddy. As a child looking up, who's reaching up to grasp the Father, the hand to lift us up when we're down, to hold us up high when we can't see, to give us the high five, the fist bump, to help us on our way, when we've fallen down, to lift us up, to encourage us along the path, to even understand what it means to help us when we need help, but also the hand that takes the rod and punishes us when we need correction, when we need instruction. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live for you, to understand that our Heavenly Father, you are our creator, our maker, and you desire that we know you. And someday in eternity, we will either spend eternity with you or separated from you. And I pray that each person here knows you on a personal level. Just as the piano is going to play in a few minutes, and I would encourage you, if you are here this morning, and maybe you're dealing with 
difficult feelings against your father. Anger. I would encourage you to forgive them in your heart. Or maybe you're a dad here who hasn't been living like you should. And I just want to pray for you this morning. Just take a moment of reflection and think about how you can honor your father, but also heavenly father today. Amen. We don't necessarily give an invitation, but the invitation is always open. I always believe that it's a personal relationship between you and God. Some cement it, you know, they used to come forward, they pray, or, or sometimes still can, but always understand that it's between you and God. And He knows your heart, and the desire is that you know Him as your Heavenly Father, because there's great joy in that. Just a couple announcements as we look at this morning. Uh, just a reminder, we have uh, next week we'll have a missions team with us, and I still need some help, uh, just a, a little bit with housing and food. If you will sign up back there, uh, there's uh, um, a few things going on that we're going to have. We're going to have a summer school refresher, and uh, just in helping for snacks, and then also on Thursday night we'll have an, a, a dinner, we'll have pizza and a meal for them, and uh, we'll be able to do that. But we need a few meals for the team that's coming in there'll be a team of seven of them and then even if uh, a little bit of housing but just anyway i would encourage you to sign up there'll be a short brief meeting for those who are involved in anything i can give you um the schedule and a few other things so just see me afterwards if you have to go let me know i'll give you some of the sheets but we'll meet right back in the um, conference room i think it's room 105 um and let's see sorry looking for my bullets and i took it out here it is uh, just uh, no evening service tonight. Uh, we'll start it up again in the fall. And um, next week also teachers, uh, they will be taking all the classes next week so you won't have to teach, get a break there. And uh, if you have any prayer requests, just a reminder uh, to put that in the bulletin. Um, just rip this sheet off and drop it in the offering. And uh, if you want it private, you can leave it private. You can text me, email me, whichever means but just pray for some of those. I know Tynika, uh, she had surgeries. I was going to give a picture of them. Don't worry, I don't do it for everyone, but uh, some of those who've had surgery or in the hospital, you know, they make you wear those hats or everything, but just a smiling face. We miss some of those individuals and uh, just let the people to see uh, and encourage them because sometimes out of sight, out of mind. When we don't see people for a while, we forget about them, but just want you to look around and see smiling faces and people. Remember who's here. So happy Father's Day. Um, let's see, camp going on, and the mission team will be here next week. That July 3rd, 10th, don't worry about that. That was just a, my mistake. It was a tentative when the change of date. 
So anything else? I know that there's going to be some other events, but if you can help out or, you, you know, um, in the next week, that week of the 27th, 26th through the 3rd, if you can help out, just let me know, and uh, we'll be involved in that. So just going to have the men come forward for our morning offering this morning. Thank you for being faithful, uh, giving, mailing it in, or even online, gracebaptistscottsdale.com. We have, uh, we have updating our website if you want to look at gracebaptistscottsdale.com, um, even uh, messages and other things that uh, you can look at and hopefully continue to update. So thankful for that. So, Gene, good to have you here. Would you ask the Lord's blessing on the offering? Thank you, Jim. Thank you for playing. And uh, just a, a reminder, um, I need a two, two young people, volunteers. Can I get two people? Don't worry, you don't have to come up or do anything. I just need two people, two kids. I know I never asked for volunteer two kids. You don't have to come up here. All I just need, okay, thank you, Braden. And one more, 
Bella, okay. If you two will go in the back, I need you to make sure that every adult who leaves, because one thing about Father's Day doesn't mean that just the dads get the gifts. All the adults, every adult, make sure they don't leave without getting one of those bags back there. So you two can go back there, and right by the entryway, that box has, so make sure that everyone gets uh, one of these. So I want to make sure that every adult gets this. If you're a guest here as well, um, if this is your first time here, if we have a mug, a Bible reading, there's a pen and a little flashlight in there on that back table. And I just encourage you if you would pick that up. Uh, we just want to, as a thank you for being here for the first time. Stand with me if you would. We'll be dismissed. And uh, thank you for being patient. And, and uh, we're glad to have you here. Happy Father's Day and happy uh, Sunday. So shall we pray and dismiss her together? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are and uh, what you have done for us. And I pray that you would help us to, as children to be obedient and to listen to you. Thank you for your patience with us, your love for us, even your discipline. And help us to honor you, to live for you in all that we do and say. Bless each one we pray. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.